This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. One of my favorite people in the world is joining me as my guest today. We have Daphne Guinness, who's going to tell us all about her quote-unquote eccentric upbringing. (laughs) It's not, I don't need to quote-unquote it. I don't need to quote this. It was an eccentric upbringing. We're also going to talk about her entry into the world of fashion and where she lives in the world of fashion today. We're going to talk about her iconic shoes, her iconic hairstyle, and her friendship with the genius designer Alexander McQueen. All today on Hi Jinx. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some new Hi Jinx. M. Oh. M. Mom! Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today we are joined by fashion designer, artist, singer, music maker, and model, Daphne Guinness. Hi Daphne. Hi, Jinx. <laughs> How are you doing today? You're in New York today? I'm in New York today. <laughs> what, I'm in New York today. Do you enjoy New York? Because I'll be completely honest, it's not my favorite place to live. It is my favorite place to work, though. So it's this, it's this, it's this hard dance of trying to work there as much as possible and live there as little as possible. <laughs> I agree. I I used to live here and I lived here for years. I couldn't live here. I love coming in and out, doing what I need to do and then leaving because I can't imagine stuff here. I can <laughs> I can I can make it happen here, but I have to be in the middle of nowhere in order to kind of be inspired. Too many people. <laughs> it is a lot of people. It's a lot of energy and it feels like such a undertaking to leave your hotel mm-hmm. and go run errands because it's going to take four yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and I did, but I did, I lived here from 86 to 2000 and then from 2006 to 2011. And then I was out. Mm-hmm. So, um, While you were living in New York, I was in Seattle um, going to college, two thousand six to two thousand ten, oh um, just a baby with dreams of moving to study? New York. <laughs> I studied acting. What 
<laughs> oh my goodness. We yeah, are incredible. Well, thank you, Daphne. Um, since you mentioned living in New York, and this is actually going to touch on a lot of things we're going to talk about today, but I want to start with this legend that I have heard um, because of your New York presence and your close relationship with Alexander McQueen. There is a legend amongst the, the LGBTQ plus community and queens alike. Um, so it's going to take a little explanation for listeners who don't know. But there is a style of shoe with no heel that you are known for. And if I'm not mistaken, that was designed specifically for you by Alexander McQueen. Is that correct? <laughs> um, it's a bit more complicated than that. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, no. Um, but, but, but he, um, I mean, he, he, he encouraged my footwear tremendously, <laughs> but they were, they were sort of something that I kind of, you know, half came up with, and then he kind of he he then kind of um, helped. Uh, he sort of then sort of said, "Why don't you make it a bit more like this?" But it's been a sort of work in progress. But he never actually made them for me. I have them made. Um, I have them made by different people. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some well, there was a one person in London who made them was um, a, a lovely girl called Natasha. After I'd, I I tell you, I, I'll tell you exactly how the shoes came about. <laughs> I was on. A shoot in Hawaii with David LaChapelle, my brother and best friend, and it went on for weeks. And Amanda was in it at one point, and it went on. It was the raft of the Medusa, and I don't know. We were. It was one of those really. I mean, I don't know how I ended up there, but I always end up somewhere <laughs> in something rather. And you know, climbing the mountains and the and the and the in the rainforests. And my, I was wearing a pair of my friend Christian Louboutin shoes. And the you know getting your heels stuck in the mud in the middle of the rain, <laughs> and trying to climb up and look kind of you know perfect. I think I you know I cut the heel off. So and then I went to the, I went to the actual I went to the um, only kind of the hardware store and got some putty and then molded a kind of heelless kind of thing. And then I started having them made. And then I noticed that they 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 did exist before me. It's like, I mean, the, the ones that I wear are sort of kind of half my invention, and they you know, and then then McQueen had something to do with. I mean, it's been a it's a whole thing, and I do get a lot of flack sometimes. We're like, can't you ever wear? Can't you ever wear a different kind of shoe? But now I'm so I'm so um, my back doesn't work. I mean, I get very very. <laughs> In heels, it, I can go back and forwards, and it, it, you know, I got used to wearing them in that way. And it's, I thought I get I get hell for for wearing my shoes, but no one ever says, "Well, you're always in a pair of trainers." I mean, it's just yeah. they're, they're comfortable, you know, and 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 I like them, and I kind of I okay, fine. I mean, but it's funny people say, "Oh, well, that's so too early two thousand or two thousand and five. And I thought, but that's when I that's when I first did it, and then they were copied. <laughs> by lots of people and then okay fine so they come in and out of fashion but i mean i still i'm just they 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 they, for me they 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 kind of they they um they're the most um kind of healthy things that i can wear because it actually you know 
I'm I'm double jointed, uh-huh. so <laughs> well, and very 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 high ones are made by Noritaka Takahana, <laughs> who who is a Japanese designer, um, but who came to find me um, because he sort of he saw the shoes I was wearing, and then he made those ones that are those super super high mm-hmm. ones, um, and then oh my god, the shoes! <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, lots and lots of people. It takes a village, as they say. <laughs> This is how a legend gets started, because this is the legend. (laughs) So the legend, you know, partially consisted of, um, you know, the origin of the shoes. But what I hear when I go to New York is um, uh, you can see Daphne Guinness wearing the heelless shoes as she runs errands around New York. Like, (laughs) I, I can't remember who told me. But someone said, I saw Daphne Guinness in a Rite Aid, dressed to the nines, looking exactly like what you'd expect Daphne Guinness to look like, buying cough syrup at the Rite Aid and heelless shoes. And that's and it's kind of like this phantom sighting around New York that that the queers talk about is (laughs) where did you see Daphne Guinness? So it's really funny. I remember going to actually I was with Alexander. Oh, this is this is where the legend comes from. <laughs> I remember escaping from the Metropolitan Ball with Alexander one mm. year, because we kind of left before the end, both of us in trouble with everybody because <laughs> like you get out of here. You know, of course, you know, naughty us, giggling and sort of whatever. And so we we kind of thought, you know missed the end wherever they do the entertainment or whatever but we're kind of we're punks we're rebels we don't (laughs) the end of anything um so i remember so this must have started because we were going in a car to a a party downtown and we needed to get some cigarettes in a um in a in a in in a in a store halfway down i don't know it must have been broadway or somewhere and me and Naomi and Lee got out of this car and all of the people got in the in in this kind of, you know, we were getting some cigarettes and I think a bottle of vodka or something. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all kind of like, you know, I was in my whatever and Naomi was like covered <laughs> and Lee was kind of like in his in his tartan skirt. That's probably what. You know, but I always, I always wear, I always look, I always look the same. Really, I, I feel so boring. You know, I have found in my life um, that because it, it's funny because you were talking about how you know people say, why don't you wear a different shoe? But no one ever complains when someone wears trainers. It's like um, sneakers for those of us in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's kind of like once you find what works for you, doesn't it yeah. feel like everyone's trying to tell you to do something different yeah, all of a sudden? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, or why don't you change your hair or why don't you change your shoes? It's like, I'm not trying to sell you this. I'm not trying to, I, I'm not, I'm not selling these shoes. I mean, am I offending you so much by just existing? Um, you know, <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah. I and think it, people just see something that you what you know what it is and um i'm not trying to sell them a lifestyle <laughs> do you know what i mean exactly i think what it is and um i i see my friend alok talk about this all the time and alok is an amazing poet comedian speaker um speaks all oh, about wow. gender studies and explains um you know is constantly on their instagram 
um, posting these things like explaining the um, racist route to femphobia, you know, like taking two things that we don't necessarily assume go together, like a racist history in America and um, gender oppression and shows you the roots of how all of these things are intertwined and it's all just old white yeah. men trying to keep everyone in their fucking place. And Alok talks a lot about how um, people get so threatened when they see someone else being comfortable. People see feel so threatened when they see someone else who seems so free and able to do themselves with seemingly no hassle. So yeah. your heel is shoes out of drag. I only wear black, yeah. and everyone's always uh, trying to get I me to wear, wear different. Well, I'm wearing. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, and it I feels mean... like, yeah, it feels like people on the outside are constantly trying to disrupt comfort in other people so that they feel like, well, thank God, I, I was feeling insecure today, uh, so why don't I pick on someone's fashion sense? Because then yeah, I can exactly. tear someone down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, if, if I was, if I, if I kind of, if I was trying to sell a lifestyle or if I was trying to kind of, I mean, I only sell, I've only, I only make a scent and I make music mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not like I'm a walking billboard or attached to any brand or anything. It's like, I'm actually just minding my own business, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of, um, but I, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, uh, the, you know, there's, God, the the thing about the, the gender and everything, someone, someone said to me the other day, they said, trying to, trying to sort of talk me into feminism. And I'm thinking, well, you know, and, and this is way beyond, you know, when I was growing up. I mean, I, I didn't, because I grew up with a lot of brothers, mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, gender wasn't discussed. I just assumed I was a boy. So <laughs> I, but it's called, it's called, it's called, it's called, it's called. So sometimes I wear a suit. I'm mm -hmm. a boy one day and sometimes I wear a skirt and I'm a girl. It's called fashion, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also being being Irish in England, you know, and sort of being partly, you know, it's it's all quite I, I, I can understand. It's, it's kind of I feel like I've always felt like a huge outsider. So I've been like in, in a way. I mean, it's it's sort of I don't know. I'm a misfit. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. First of all, the most glamour the most glamorous misfit in existence, Daphne. <laughs> but second of all, the fact that you in um, you know, in your who you are feeling like a misfit is exactly why the queer community resonates with you so much. And especially, you know, like you're you're glamorous, you're gorgeous, but you can tell <laughs> it doesn't feel like you hide it very much. Yeah, exactly. I, love, I got a sense of humor. I don't really take anything that seriously. I really don't. I mean, and also, I love, I love, I love the community because, 
I mean, the, the humor and the and just also just congratulations on oh, your. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you're amazing. You really are amazing. And all just the way that all of you just are such artists, it's beyond anything in the fashion world. I mean, they really could take a few few um, pages out of, I mean, I'm just so happy that drag exists. And, 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 and artists, artists like <laughs> you who do so much in order to kind of, you know, I mean, it's just, it's beyond anything. Well, really? it's funny that you say that because I don't see, and forgive me if I'm wrong, and I'm going to generalize here, but I don't see a huge difference between what drag queens do and what you do, Daphne. We're both We're both presenting... I am a drag queen. Exactly. We're both presenting one-person full-blown productions. And like uh, to be a drag artist is to be like a one-person show in a full Broadway production because there's a costume designer and a makeup designer. I mean, half the time you're filling half of those roles yourself, but the role had to be filled you know yeah exactly and most of the time I'm just making it up on the fly I mean I get dressed <laughs> so fast and I've got a lot of things and I just kind of like I'm always so late but if I've got my <laughs> hair done and I've got a bit of makeup on and my shoes and sometimes it goes horribly wrong mm-hmm. and but it, 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 do you know what I mean it how bad can it be really I mean, <laughs> and, and, and weirdly all the all the some of the greatest things I've ever done have been mistakes like what I, I was so when you said oh to me because I was so nervous doing that drag race because <laughs> I've never really been on television before I was so kind of nervous when you said about evening in space because I create in a kind of void and I have no idea if anybody's seen any of it because I don't have, you know, a record label or anything like that. And it's all kind of quite sort of, you know, and for you to say that that was that you loved Evening in Space. I mean, that was such a big moment. I mean, that was such a 72 hours of my <laughs> life. And, OK, so when I fall, I actually fell. That wasn't supposed <laughs> to happen. And they just slow um, motioned it. <laughs> no, what happened was because I had that that bubble on my mm-hmm. head and it was kind of quite sharp here mm-hmm. and David was trying to direct me saying move backwards move I've got I've got all the outtakes from all of this <laughs> and I was I, I was trying to find something to lean on and then I fell in my shoes <laughs> I mean, second night of filming and and he thought I, he'd decapitated me because that was a sharp kind of almost glass bubble on yeah. my head and I was like cut on my neck. And so everybody thought I was dead. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the script to me never made sense until that point because the idea of me going off the, the evening in space, kind of me sort of like, you know, thinking about some going off with some uh, an alien sort of in a in a space rocket but the idea that he <laughs> saves me he saves me and then he gathers me up in his arms you know what i mean so that was a mistake so that's one of many mistakes but also my hair started <laughs> off as a mistake i mean you know oh we'll get to the hair but i definitely yeah. want to talk about evening in space um yeah any listeners who haven't seen this music video, it's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous <laughs> music video um, directed by David LaChapelle, and it's your original music, and um, there is an album, and the... Um, the music video was my introduction to Daphne Guinness. And then, of course, oh. I had to go down the Daphne Guinness rabbit hole, um, <laughs> uh, learn about your 
in, uh, your impact on the fashion world, learn about your philanthropy. Um, but I really, really love your music. And I describe it to friends who are um, new to your music. I'm like, you're going to love it. It's like futuristic Marlena Dietrich on Mars. If Marlena Dietrich had like a cantina on Mars um, <laughs> and sang, sang like futuristic lounge music, you know, it's it's so lovely. And I have to tell you, that Evening in Space was a huge inspiration for my new music project um, because our our current my music partner and I are currently working on our next album. We just released an EP, but the whole oh, thing wow. is set in space, set in the future, so that we can kind of do an allegory of what's happening right now, but talk about it as if it's some kind of di- distant thing. So we, we've got a song about toxic masculinity set in space. Oh my god! <laughs> we got a song about existentialism set in space, and um, oh my. So to my music producer and um, my my music partner, I I sent Evening in Space. I sent your album. We have an inspiration um, playlist that like we put all the songs that like kind of is giving us inspiration for our current work. We we store them all in a big Spotify playlist. There's lots of Daphne Guinness peppered throughout. So oh my god! What what? So. You were we bored. should do something. <laughs> we should and absolutely I, I, do something. And there's still time because I'm still working on the album. You know where my <laughs> my new my my studio is now in in Abbey Road forever. So well, congratulations. I'm just Abbey yeah, Road. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? I'm I'm being very you know I'm very 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 honoured to be part of the <laughs> Abbey Road community. So that's where my all my stuff is, and you must come. You must come, and I can you know we can. Do you, we can make stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> so just a little, little studio. Well, it's it's very nice. It's very nice. I can I can only imagine. Um, I know. Even I all those machines. <laughs> you were you were raised internationally. You were born in England. Yes, I was born in England. I'm I'm half Irish, half English. Mm-hmm. And you were um, ra- you were raised all over the world. Um. Yeah, I I grew up in um I grew up I went to school in London and then I was sent to boarding school so and then I ran away a couple of times then I got <laughs> then I was I was married off very very young when I was nineteen and then I didn't see anybody for thirteen years I was oh, the, wow. had three children oh I who I love my little angel children and then in two thousand I sort of that was. Yeah, that was the end of that. And um, but strangely, I when you said you went to acting school, I then um, I did a couple of years. Well, I I got into Rada where I went to for four months because you know I was trying to get the education I never had. But when yes, when I I I I grew up going back, I grew up in a monastery in Spain in in, in Cadiz <laughs> up the top of a mountain for three months a year. So, <laughs> so my 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 bedroom was behind the altar. Uh, <laughs> that you know, I don't even know if I don't even know if I'd survive living behind an altar. 
I don't know. That's sort of that's just me. I mean, because under my bed was the relic of the finger of San Sebastian, which is kind of cool. So a little San Sebastian, a little another queer yeah. icon. <laughs> I've written a song about it, and that's where I learned how to sing. So when I was um, at school, I, they figured out that I was, you know, that I was very musical. So I got into Guildhall music. I was training to be an opera singer. Mm-hmm. But I got married quickly and I didn't take up the place, which is probably good because otherwise I'd be too, probably too music schooled out. And, um, you know, I mean, I did all the theory and all of the all of the exams, but I didn't actually get the training. But that's so I'm a classically trained singer rather than, a, a, you know, so I've got all of that. That's why they've got all those strange chord changes. It's become sort of self-taught. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to ask. <laughs> I was going to ask where in where in your life did you find your love of music? And I can imagine spending time in a monastery. The acoustics must have been amazing. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's why I like a lot of reverb. Um, I, my love of music came from my dad, who used to play Bach on the piano, and I used to I used to I used to listen to that. So I learn by ear. So I can play. I can. Once I hear a tune, I can actually, you know, figure it out and I have relative to perfect pitch. So it's Mm -hmm. sort of, uh, but then, so it was really all the classical stuff, all the, you know, Beethoven, Bach, Mozart, all all of that. So I think, but then plus the Doors and the Beatles and Mm -hmm. the Rolling Stones and the the kind of Lou Reed and (laughs) Mark Bolan and all of that stuff. So I'd save up my pocket money and get, you know, 45 single but I didn't get much pocket money as a child so I'd have to beg be a, you know get my father to stand on his head to get coins out of his pocket <laughs> so I could go buy a anyway it was a you know what I used to hate being called eccentric but I realized I am pretty eccentric <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, embracing my eccentricity well I mean you know for for an outsider looking in your life um <laughs> really feels like uh it feels like a movie to to just kind of spectate your life it feels like someone shooting mm-hmm. a long form movie it feel it honestly it, it, it it's it's a little bit like what we were told like princess diaries was like as a kid you know oh like it's, a, it's what oh princess God. diaries told us royalty was like um oh my God. What was nice is that I had a pretty kind of, you know, I had it, it was sort of, you know, a, a life of so much, so many kind of contrasts. So, you know, on one hand, it would be a really Spartan lifestyle with this kind of, you know, no electricity and no kind of sometimes no water or and having to, you know, climb mountains in order to get home and sort of. And then, and then you'd have the other part, which would be this kind of, you know, English kind of whatever. And then there'd be the sort of, you know, being in the middle of nowhere in Ireland, and the sort of like, you know, <laughs> but you, you get through it, you know. And yeah. and and I'm, you know, it was, it's great. I mean, it it, it was like that. But thank God, I learned how to do very, very practical things very <laughs> early on. In my life. You know, I had yeah. to take care of myself. There were so many mad situations that happened to me as a as a as a child I kind of had to kind of become very tough very quickly you know and 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 grow up probably and and, you know lots of people can relate to that but you know I'm I you know one survived and and as long as you have a sense of humor and try not to take things too personally and 
I just try to kind of keep my side of the seat. Oh, anyway, I mean, <laughs> no. well, I mean, I'm always in trouble for something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always saying that, you know, everything re is relative, you know. It is. Um, we, we all grow up different ways, but then yeah. your life is actually how you choose to react to, uh, essentially react to how you were raised. Your life is defined by how you choose to process your own child. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. I think that's absolutely right. And, um, you know, I mean, I feel so incredibly sort of grateful to have, I mean, to have all the friends that I have in my life and, and uh, you know, and the ones that I've lost. I mean, like Lee and Izzy and... I mean, you know, it's. It, I, I mean, thank God I had those times. You know, I've, I've got my my La Chapelle family. David is my great, you know, brother and friend. And you know, it, it, to me, is a sort of series of sort of escapades, mm -hmm. which, which I, you know, when you say it looks like that, I am trying to, and I wonder if I'm going to pull it off, <laughs> is make a series of kind of films which are kind of hyper real because in the village where I grew up, so he was my kind of, he was my mother's best friend and was Dali, you know, the, the painter. So he was always giving me tips on how to kind of like be a nuisance to my parents. <laughs> so, I mean, it has to be, if I'm doing a kind of a series of films, it's got to be surreal. I mean, it's yeah. not, I mean, you know, it, it's just how it's got to be. I mean, you can't take things seriously or too personally. I mean, I, I get, I get, I get furious on other people's behalf, but I mean, frankly, they've, I've been so made fun of in my life. I, I think I'm at this stage. I mean, it's a little depressing when everybody sort of gets after me for whatever, but then I just think, well, it's never changed. I mean, and then you must go through that too, you know? I mean, and I, and I'm so grateful, actually. What what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. It, it. I mean, like, yeah, I've definitely, you know, having done Drag Race season five, like 10 years ago, and, and Drag Race was at a certain point then, and then to do it again now where Drag Race has gotten, um, it was definitely a learning curve to see how different the reactions are. And... For me, I had to really come up with hard boundaries in my life of disengaging from things that um, I've talked about this before, but I used to think, you know, going through acting school, I used to think being able to read people's shitty comments about you was a form of taking notes. Like, how can I read this? pick out what's actually might actually be something I might want to hear and incorporate and just put all the negative stuff, let that go. But I've realized at this point in my life that the people spouting off negative things on the internet are not my critics. They're not my, they're not my reviewers. They're not my, they're not the people I should be going to for notes. You know, <laughs> these are people who literally just get off on, tearing people They're down really you know? yeah i know i know do you know what was so what's so beautiful i'm mean, incredible about drag race and what all of you got you are unbelievably brilliant at acting acting and you make your own and it's just the humor and the kind of the the, the everything is just so i mean my god i was living for it i live for it it's just <laughs> just you're all such geniuses i mean so such i mean cultural i mean 
it's just everything all in one place and it's just a joy. I am convinced um, you wore a rhinestone cat suit for your episode. Um, and I am convinced if you saw the promotional um, materials, our our prompt was um, dripping in diamonds. And essentially what they sent us was like pictures of things not too far off from your um, your cat suit, and I think that you may have inspired the promotion. Your your fashion that day may have inspired the promotional shoot because. Oh my god! Did you see the Vivian had kind of like asked- a a chain meal, a chain mail thing, um, chain meal. <laughs> yeah, like a chain mail thing that looked a lot like the cat suit you were wearing, and I was like, oh my gosh. I should have just asked Daphne if I could borrow her cat suit, and then yes. I'll just <laughs> hulk yeah. my way into it. <laughs> well, well, weirdly, is I was asked two days before I went on, so I didn't have anything with me. So the blonde sent me a cat suit. So it was Philippe's cat suit I was wearing, and I kind of was so I was so nervous because I just that it arrived literally a, an hour before I had to come to to the set, and well, I was so nervous. It, I mean. That's another happy a, accident because you looked fantastic. But yes. <laughs> I, I, I met Rue two nights before I went on, and he said, and I didn't even know I was, it was going to happen or anything. It was really, <laughs> oh my god, it was such a joy. I mean, if it was now, I've got a lot of cat suits just on my rail. I just <laughs> yeah. didn't have any in LA at that point. So I thought, what am I going to wear? Help. <laughs> I've never been on television. What's going to happen? This is also scary. Anyway, it was lovely. We were all beside ourselves. And of course, you know, Raja, I, I think Raja and Shay and I were the mo- were the ones who needed the most calming down. Um, Raja and you obviously oh, have a longstanding friendship. And um, oh, she and I were just like playing ping pong back and forth saying our favorite Daphne Guinness songs or favorite Daphne Guinness moments. You mentioned to us um, while we were filming and you mentioned it earlier in the podcast about your iconic hairstyle um, being a happy accident. Uh, Can you tell us that story a little bit about how we ended up with the Daphne Guinness iconic two-tone updo? (laughs) So not do well. The funny thing is, is that, I mean, if you look at it, it's so strange because it looks like a pint of Guinness in a funny way. But I mean, I suppose everything happens for a reason. But it, I started off dyeing it underneath red, and then it went to aubergine, and then it went to purple, and then I just went full on black. And then I was dyeing the front. Oh, I actually, I had another section of blonde before, and then there was a, it was further. I had a sort of black stripe here. And then what happened was I did a shoot for Italian Vogue with a photographer and they they decided to dye my hair on set black and cut it off. And mm. that was crazy. Because then the editor then decided that they wanted to reshoot as with my hair, which was already gone. So, I mean, it took me forever to grow it back and dye it back to what it is now. But anyway, I did it with pieces for a while, but now it's back to what it what it was but I'm never ever allowing someone to cut my hair and but it's been a kind of series of happy accidents so in the end some I decided just to kind of go with the black at the back and the it's just it's just easier if I have to do it myself because it's you know it, I mean hopefully you know mostly I have um 
I can get to someone to to diet. But if I'm in the, you know, sometimes I'm really in the middle of nowhere. I have to do it myself, and it's 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 a it's a fairly easy kind of thing. Sometimes I make massive massive mistakes, <laughs> but you know, shit happens. Mm. <laughs> I'm quite good with the colours now. I mean, but there's been, you know, I've, I I like I like I like I like dyeing my own hair. Let's talk a little bit about your friendship with Alexander McQueen and um, everywhere. If if you do like a quick search on Daphne Guinness, um, many people refer to you as Alexander McQueen's muse. And um, I know you had a very, very strong friendship. Um, very strong. Was your interest in fashion what led you to your friendship with Alexander McQueen, or was it vice versa, or was it some kind of, a kind of combination of the two, or did you just serendipi- serendipitously meet and become his muse? <laughs> well, what's the muse a, process a, like? <laughs> I don't know. It's it seems that I've be I've been amused to quite a lot of people at this point, mm-hmm. and it's um what what happened was well. My friend Isabella Blow um, was was really his muse for a really very very long time. She was my great friend, and um, I was a grateful admirer. And I used to buy his things and have things made. But I sort of didn't want to. Eat. It's a thing you don't want to meet your hero. And Izzy kept on saying to me, "Oh, you've got to meet Alexander." He, I said, "No, no, Izzy. It also sounds just too, you know, too frightening." Anyway, I was walking. I think I've, I've said this lots of times, but I was walking across Leicester Square, and I was wearing that kimono that I was wearing in Evening in Space, mm-hmm. and and um, I suddenly hear this voice going, "Oi, look over here!" And I said. I designed that. I'm the person that you don't want to meet. And I was like, and then it was Alexander. And he, so I went, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And he said, yeah, is he solving you don't want to meet me? Because anyway, it was so funny. We sort of kind of just clicked and we went off to the pub and we got very drunk. And the rest is kind of, we've just never, we sort of were always together after that. That's so I was wearing one of his designs, and but I just thought I thought he would be. Do you know what I mean? He was, you know, he had. I don't know. He was. So is he's very nice. I didn't want to get in the middle of all of that. And but anyway, we sort of. But he had he had many inspirations. But we sat so we well, we did so many things together. I could write a book about that. I mean, it was we had really, and I mean, I spoke to him. Alas, the day he, I mean, I was ready to fly back on that day. I spoke to him a few hours before it all happened. And I mean, I know what he was intending to, I didn't know what he was, I didn't know, he didn't seem, you know, I think it was a terrible, terrible accident, actually, what happened. And uh, because he was really, I mean, he told me what he was going to, what he was about to, um, the new path he was going to take. And it certainly didn't involve killing himself, which was, I just, you know, it was, it, it all got too much for him. Mm-hmm. And I miss him every single day. His laugh was the naughtiest, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm Izzy too. And it's just been so awful because irreplaceable humor and he, you know, equally he found, he found it difficult to be, you know, for what was, what was expected of him as an artist and as a, as a designer, it was just, it was too much it was it's too much he was it was so much pressure 
but you know, alas, yeah. we can't bring them all. It is I, kind I, of it's, yeah. It's we had double. so much fun. Yeah. I mean, it's like we had so many good times, and it's, you know, and scary times, and yeah. you know. But he was the most generous, most um, incredibly sort of. You know, he never. He he was one of these people. He ne- he didn't suffer fools, and he had the best sense of humor. And it was just he was brilliant and, and a genius. I mean, what he left. I I was asked to do the documentary, but that was. It was sort of too soon, and I didn't want to be a talking head on a mm-hmm. documentary about Lee. And I just thought, you know, I, I I can't do it. I mean, I think his 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 work is the best kind of narrative. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, how on earth can you top that by being, you know, by by talking about it? And I just kind of just didn't want to be crying on camera, to be honest. It was, you know, it was seven years ago, I think, was the documentary. And I think I think they did a good good job. But I mean, just the the, the epic shows and the 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 sense of theater and 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 also the fact that you know those the, the clothes that he designed were were so easy to wear and so light and so so much so kind of so 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 uh, they had such a light touch he had just an extraordinary kind of way of cutting and so yeah i i, I was a kind of you know i slipped into the fashion world sort of by mistake mm. you know it was sort of picking up after izzy trying to help out then she would vanish then i would be left kind of holding <laughs> the bag on all of these shoots then it all just sort of became into one and uh, you, you know, and I, I, but I never held a formal position in the, the in the fashion world. I kind of, I, 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 you know, for one reason or another, I suppose I'm sort of unemployable. For, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I wish, I wish someone would have offered me a job, but it just kind of didn't happen. <laughs> and then I, you know, after FIT, I thought, well, if this works out, and I don't actually, um, you know, because the pressure of that, if that goes down well. Then I'll sell some of it, create my foundation, to, you know, put it back into the students, you know, disappear off. I'd already been through so much at that point. I kind of just put myself into the middle of nowhere. And I, you know, with the view to kind of doing a sort of a, a Bob Dylan sort of, uh, it was, I was doing, for my brother, I was, he died. And um, I got to Ireland, supposed to see my friend who was supposed to come and be the, the guitarist. He never showed up. I was sitting with this producer. And after two days, I thought, oh God, I mean, it's getting embarrassing. So I, that's when I first made, that's when I first made my first song. I mean, I, my, I made, started making one song, which turned into two songs, which turned into three songs. And the fourth song was Evening in Space. And <laughs> I was, I, I, I I thought you know what I'm out of the fashion world. It seems I think the fashion world needs a health warning because all of my friends were just dying all yeah. over the place, and I just wanted to be with the trees, with no internet connection, and just you know back to kind of some sort of you know look at the clouds, look at the touch grass know, as they say, <laughs> and, and kind of. And then what happened was the music became so much so, and then you have to release it. Then you have to come back to the sort of civilized world or, or a city or, you know, and then it becomes bigger. And then you have to, you know, you have to, in a way, I couldn't remain in the middle of nowhere, but which, which was so nice. I mean, it was so great being back in Ireland and I love it there so much. 
Anyway, but that's long story. <laughs> you spoke about Alexander McQueen's genius, and I do think there is um, two sides yeah. to being a genius. You know, there's the, yeah. there's, you know, whatever work you're creating that gets you labeled the genius, and then then comes the pressure pressure and expectation to always be topping yourself to always be as good yeah. as last time or better than last time and if and sometimes you can create something just amazing and people are comparing it to something else they love and they're never gonna if you try to compare apples and oranges you're just gonna sit there comparing them there's no there's no conclusion you know and so there's definitely there's definitely a lot of pressures and expectations that gets put on you when you're doing well which then you know makes it uh, puts all the stress in your world about continuing to do well rather than getting to enjoy that you've done something well you know i mean i've never really said this um you know before but i mean the Plato's Atlantis, he sort of didn't think he could top in a way. And he was going to take a, he told me, um, he told me he was taking a break. He had a, he'd, he'd accepted a place at Goldsmiths Art College and he was going to take a year to do fine arts. That's what, that was, that was what he told me. And that was sort of, uh, you know, but then his mother died and whatever. I don't know how that would have worked out with the people, you know, with the brand or whatever. But that's what he was planning to do. He wanted to, to he wanted to paint and he wanted to go back and do that. So, I mean, I know that that was he wanted to, you know, do, you know, go back to fine art because he was he was an artist and he was sort of he was, you know, there are very few, you know, the genius label gets put out you know people get labeled geniuses but he really was one he was kind of the mozart of fashion he really was and and he had that just you know but he condensed from, so he not only did he have the imagination and the, that's what so i guess the muse thing comes in so he had isabella to begin with for the, the you know to the stories and then me and then there were a lot of other people but he had a vivid imagination but the fact that he could you know he had those years cutting at Savile Row you know from being a teenager and all of that so he 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 could he was he was a, he was he, the, the fine architecture of everything but then he had the imagination on top of that mm-hmm. but but yes the shows were you know his you know it had to be all completely sort of right and also just the kind of you know he wanted to show with it with his friends there he wanted fellow artists he wanted his you know it was it was a happening and it's not kind of it's very unusual that John Galliano did that as well in 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 another way but I mean it wasn't it was less of a fashion show more of a kind of art happening each time and that's you're you're entirely right Jinx for saying that because how do you top yourself because Plato's Atlantis was I mean insane it was the most incredible show it really was he was so happy that I've never seen him so happy that, that that the night after that show we were together and I've just never seen him so at that at that point he was so relaxed in himself and so kind of like you know he really he was really well actually and and that's what's so kind of that was what's so crazy and having you know I spoke to him a lot I, I was in 
he called me i was in mexico the day you know the night the day of the night when he mm -hmm. you know decided i mean i but that's why i think it was some hideous mistake you know mm -hmm. the whole thing was just because he did have plans he had plans to do other things and i just you know i guess as you said there are two sides and he you know he it all became too much but it's a very very difficult thing to talk about because you know i wasn't there and but you know forever i think jesus if only i'd got on that plane from mexico instead of going to new york and gone to london but he said everything was fine and he was yeah. handling it and well, but i still feel shit if i'd been there you know maybe i could have yeah. well you know i, I hope a lot of his friends felt like that, you know? Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I hope you don't, I hope you, you know, of course we all have those yeah. moments in our life where we think if I had done this thing differently, would everything have been different? But um, I hope you don't torture yourself with that because... I did for a bit, but I'm getting better at it. <laughs> I'm just kind of, I'm sort of grateful that I didn't, follow in that down mm -hmm. that dark path because mm -hmm. the, it there was a moment where i was thinking you know what i felt so alone and i thought you know what maybe that is an option but i sort of i you know i did a lot a lot of you know reflecting and art and obviously i have children mm -hmm. and um and you know i did everything possible to sort of you know bring myself back to some sort of normality because you know it's it's the people you leave behind mm -hmm. and suicide is a is a terrible thing mm -hmm. but i mean i mean i i've had you know talking about horrible comments i mean i was you know a lot of people sort of like they were someone came up to me once and said you know to fashion thing oh shouldn't you be dead you know that follow your friends kind of thing that's fashion humor for you and i was something that's kind of a bit too close to the bone you yeah know? i don't you know <laughs> well no i'm actually here i've just been kind of away doing music in the middle of nowhere so it's like it's <laughs> just there <laughs> yeah i mean you know what thank god but you know mm. thank god i sort of decided to just get out and just do a bit of you know, calming down because it didn't, uh, fashion, well, that, that whole thing has became, you know, I almost had, you, you know, a t-shirt made saying fashion kills. So I thought that might be, <laughs> you know, like a health warning on a, on a cigarette. <laughs> well, and you'll have to forgive me because I'm going to paraphrase. Um, but I, I know I read this at some point and I don't know the name of it, but you you started a, a charity or a foundation after losing Alexander McQueen to help other yeah. artists um, struggling with mental health issues. Um, yeah. What is the name of that foundation? It was the well, the name of the foundation, which is now I closed it because I did mm -hmm. ten years, and actually to have a foundation, you you need to keep putting money in, and I had to keep doing sales and stuff because it was just me, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm afraid. And also, I'm not doing it for a tax write-off or anything mm -hmm. like that. So I've I've reopened it under my own name, but I've, I've, now I just do it myself. I I am um, I just uh, it's not under a foundation anymore. It was the Isabella Blow Foundation. Mm -hmm. But now, but I, I I continue the work with mental health, and I continue the work with the the um, I have students at Central St Martins. Um, every year, I give two scholarships out, and that is sort of in in the in the 
in their name and in their memory. And I, um, I've got my lovely Francesca, who's the student I have now. She's so talented and so brilliant. Um, and every year, it's just lovely to see the, see the students flourishing. Because my favourite thing, you know, after FIT and is talking to students and helping them through. I mean, because it's it's a, it's a hard world, and yeah. and fashion and mental health sort of go together. You know, you have to be you have to be strong, and it, it, like what you're doing. I mean, you it's you have to kind of try and find some sort of equilibrium, yeah. and well, and and that I. I I try, but I'm I'm not a corporation. I'm I'm sort of I sort of I'm I'm kind of an old fashioned kind of person. <laughs> I don't know how any of it kind of works in a way, but I, I, I know that I know that I know that I'll get there in the end. But um, I've been so um, in a way I've been trying to kind of keep out of the sort of general mess of kind of everything, and I haven't really got a record label and i don't really have a um i'm not attached to any brand or anything i need to get my i need to get my act together Jinx. <laughs> i think your it. act is <laughs> plenty together and um you know there's there's um lots of sad stories with musicians joining on with labels and then yeah um you know one of my favorite musicians uh amanda P- Palmer um, had all kinds of issues with her first record label. And nowadays, um, I don't know what label she's with now, but she does almost, you know, she does all her big projects by, um, or she did one big project by crowdsourcing. I don't know if she continues to do crowdsourcing, but Amanda Palmer has a book and a TED Talk all about the art of asking. And um, it's it's really kind of brilliant because she's kind of just like saying, I'm an artist, I want to create art. So I ask people, do you want to see this art I want to create? And they say, yes, here's some money to create it. And that's what I do, you know? (laughs) Oh, well done, her. Yeah. Well done, her. Oh my god! But anyway, no, I'm, 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 I'm fine. I'm, I've just, I've got a way. I've got a way to release. I just don't know how to sort of do the kind of all the kind. Of, you know, yeah. it's just stuff. You're out of the system in a certain way. You have to do everything in the kind of. But with the internet and with sort of social media, I suppose you know you can just release. That's how I released Evening in Space was yeah. directly onto the internet. But I mean, at that point, I didn't even have. I d- I'm not even sure if. Yeah, it was before I released the album. I mean, I, because I just do it all in reverse. <laughs> what I'm working on, working on at the moment is it's become so big that I'm going to have to release it sort of bit by bit because it's a soundtrack already. It, it well, really is. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I'm going to conclude our conversation with, um, I I have some compulsory questions that I ask every guest. So I'm going to ask you those questions. But first, and I messaged you about this already, and I'm so excited because um, my perfume is on the way, but you have a fragrance and I... I can't even remember who it was. They're probably going to text me after hearing this podcast and be like, you told that story. And, but I, I met someone, I hugged them. They smelled so fantastic. And I said, what are you wearing? That smells amazing. And they said, it's Daphne Guinness's fragrance. I've waited forever for it. I just got it. It's so fantastic. And I was like, oh my God, it is so fantastic. 
honey, I already ordered my bottle. Don't worry. Oh <laughs> it's on the way. But I am so excited because it smells oh my fantastic. God. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it took two years to make it. And um, that oh, that was another kind of, because I, I mix it in my bathroom sort of thing. And, um, which is true. I mean, I have all these kind of oils and... Uh-huh. Um, and I and my friend Adrian Joff, who runs, who is married to Ray Kawabuko, he said to me, "What are you wearing? It smells so great." And it, and I said, "Well, it's kind of a bit of this." And I'm like, he said, "Well, would you make a fragrance for us?" So I was like, "Absolutely," because I I love the process. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. send give me a lap to play with. <laughs> but anyway, so I worked with their noses, and then they allowed me to go in the in into the actual kind of. Oh my god! So <laughs> it. it but I'm very, very, I, you know, I have, um, I'm very kind of, um, I don't like certain chemicals and I don't like mm-hmm. the way something. So it really took me a long time with all the different. So it's a version of the one I make for myself, mm-hmm. slightly, slightly different because it's just slightly different. Um, but um, it really, it, every single element in there, I mean, it, I really, it's like making music, it's notes, mm-hmm. you know. It is. It's that. literally notes. Notes of this and that. Yeah, it's a whole kind of symphony in a bottle. Um, <laughs> I making it, but I I had to redo it because someone came up to. In fact, a couple of people when I was doing when I had to do a radio show in in, in France for my last album, um, Revelations, and someone came up to me and said, "You know, you've got a." You've, my boyfriend won't speak to me anymore because, or he's like doesn't like me anymore because you know I can't get your scent; it's run out. And, <laughs> so, and so, and then another person came up to me in a restaurant and said sort of almost the same thing, saying, you know, I we can't get it anymore. So I called up Adrian and I said, you know, are there any more bottles? And he said, well, no, but we can make it. So I've made, I think it's two thousand bottles, or maybe what? I think I've, I think I've got a thousand bottles. And they've got a thousand bottles. So I did another one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I'm not a very, I'm not, you know, so that's why I re-released it is because I was shamed into kind of doing it. Because <laughs> I, yeah, but it's true, but it, it is a good, it is a good formula and it's yeah. more and more difficult to find the ingredients, you know, <laughs> that's the problem, you know, but I, it's all my, it's all, I, I wouldn't want to put mine, I wouldn't want to sell anything that, I wouldn't wear and I wouldn't don't want it to make people smell bad. I want to make people smell great. <laughs> you are such a witch and I hope you know what <laughs> like that for me which is the, the which is oh what we God. all should be striving to be. You are oh such a my witch God. because you have all these different talents. You inspire you inspire creativity in people. You create your own fragrance. Like it, it, you are like the most glamorous epitome of a modern oh, day witch I can you. think of. And well, it's just such a you. pleasure knowing you. I'm a you. beginner, by the way. <laughs> I'm such a beginner. I've got so much to learn. I mean, seriously. I mean, if I thought I knew it all, I'd give up. I seriously would. Do you know what well, I mean? It's like life absolutely. should be an adventure. It would be so boring to feel like jobs I know. done, you know. <laughs> yeah, then what? You know, I feel sad when I if I if I thought if I thought there was nothing left to learn or not a path to tread, then that would really be that would be a sad day. Well, Daphne, I have my compulsory questions that I ask every guest. You may answer them however you want. 
first question is, who is your celebrity crush today? Mm, celebrity crush. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let me think. There was one. I, I thought of that the other day. Oh, my goodness. Um... Oh my goodness, I don't know. <laughs> That's fine. You I could be know. your own celebrity crush. No, Self -love. <laughs> no definitely, not definitely not me. You. <laughs> okay, we'll just say each other and we'll move on to <laughs> the next question. The um, next question is, and if you, if something, if someone if pops into your mind, it. we can, we can come back to it. But your next question is, are you spiritual? Yes, mm -hmm. very much so. Very much so. I believe in God and everything else. <laughs> and, everything and magic. Else. <laughs> and magic. I, I just find that life is more interesting when there's still things to believe in. And, and, oh, for sure. And, you know, um, when I talk about it, sometimes people say, where's the proof? And I'm like, well, I've never seen inside an atom, but I know that there's a whole bunch of crap in there, you know? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> why do we need proof why do we need proof because yeah. humans are so stuck on how they can prove each other wrong my final question for you is what is your go-to karaoke song oh my goodness oh so many um um oh gosh um probably i i mean i could sing the whole of transformer you know the blue reed album from back to front yeah sort of um um or any bowie song um I mean, I would I sing Life on Mars in my shows a lot, but what I wouldn't give to see Daphne Guinness sing Life on Mars. <laughs> Quicksand. Mm. Oh, Life on Mars. I love singing. Yeah. I always sing men's songs. It's really bizarre. That's probably why I'm sort of because I've actually got a very high voice, but I'm always singing down here for some reason. And I don't know why. I think it's because I thought I was a boy. <laughs> Maybe it just feels good. You know, in my life, in when my... people say they're gender fluid i thought I've, I've always been gender fluid i kind of like well, it just depends on the time of day the I mean, best it's like, thing it's... is if you are not taught if you're not taught gender no. then then no. you're gender fluid then you you live life yeah. gender fluidly because if you're not taught like because of your genitalia you should do this, wear this, act like this. If you're not taught that, then you don't grow up with that and you don't have that mindset. My no, my, my niece is just, uh, she amazes me all the time because my brother raised, ra you know, like she's been around me in drag since she was a kid. She knows that some people do drag. She, she understands the concept of they, them pronouns. She understands non-binary. She's like eight years old. She understands all these concepts that I'm trying to teach adults in my life. Yeah, and the reason yeah, yeah. why that she doesn't have any blocks to understanding them is because no one taught her to block that yeah. way of thinking no one taught her and I always say I'm so proud of my brother 
for the way that he's raising my niece because she doesn't think a thing I do is weird. Oh, that's so great. She's she's a huge Jigs fan. Isn't that lovely? It is very lovely. Daphne. (laughs) I I wish I could remember It's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so useless. You can if you think of it before this episode comes out, it'll be in the caption. We'll get the answer question, but don't worry. I mean, I the question's there because I'm a big slut and every other day I've got a new crush on someone. So <laughs> but oh my goodness. Harry Styles is kind of cool. Yeah. Harry Styles is a great go-to. I mean Yeah. I I like all the I tell you what I like my celebrity crushes are all those K-pop people. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that look. So cool. I remember when Harry Styles did SNL and they had him pose in a tutu and white tights. That was when my my Harry Styles crush started. There was yeah. something about seeing him in a tutu sitting on the ground drinking champagne in a pink tutu i was yeah. like this is exact cool. this is my sexuality right here. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like he's a good love yeah daphne where can my listeners find you um you're on instagram um and your link in your bio can take um uh, take anyone who goes to your instagram um you can go buy daphne's perfume um it sounds like for a limited time (laughs) i I could uh, if i if it all gets a bit low then i hopefully i'll be able to recreate it again (laughs) make that telephone call Oh dear. Well, everyone should follow you on the socials at Daphne Guinness. Everyone listening to this podcast um, must go immediately watch Evening in Space, whether you have before or um, you never have seen it. It's such a gorgeous, it's such a gorgeous music video for a gorgeous song for a gorgeous human being. Um, I can't wait to see the. Uh, I can't wait to listen to the new music, um, but don't rush it. <laughs> you do everything in your own time. <laughs> well, oh my god, it's a mixing job from. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> thank Playing you. Good time. Thank you thank so you much so for much. being my guest today, Daphne. You, like, honestly, meeting you was one of the highlights of Drag Race. Continuing our friendship since filming uh, is just like such a privilege in my life. And you're just, you are. You're a witch, you're a goddess, and <laughs> I worship at your altar. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, my God. I worship you. Oh, my gosh. And thank you for being you. And thank you. That was the best day of my life on Dragon. 